Hi, welcome to Probably Therapy. That's Ryan Johns. Hi. You're supposed to introduce me, Ryan. Oh, I always forget. This is Kendall Torin. He's pretty cool. I like him a lot. <laughs> forget I'm here. <laughs> We've been recording this podcast for how long and you forget about me? No, no. Please sound more sincere. <laughs> or maybe more insincere would be appropriate. Um, how's your week been? It's cold. It is so cold. I, I looked at the weather for later this week, too. And I was like, wow, that is peak Midwest. We go from like a negative eight on Monday. And by next Monday, it's supposed to be up into the 40s and sunny. Yeah, it's it's like whiplash over here with the weather for sure. But it is a sad thing when you can walk outside. I thought about this this morning, too. Like how how peak Midwest is it that we can describe like 45 degrees and negative eight degrees as like I can, if somebody asks me what the weather's like, I can be like, it's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. I can literally be referring to either one of those things. Either one of those things. It's like yeah. 45 degrees or it's negative eight. It's still a little chilly. It's also my favorite thing ever is, is saying like, oh, it wouldn't be that bad without the wind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's the wind chills at like negative 15, but really it's only like negative two. It wouldn't be that bad. It wouldn't if be that bad. Fun. It wasn't blowing me across the parking lot. Oh, well, I, I always, like, I know it's bad when my dog doesn't even want to go for a walk. Like, she goes outside, she goes to the bathroom, and then she's done. She's like, nope, we can go back inside now. She literally is whining as we are walking inside. Doesn't want to play, doesn't want to hang out. She's like, we're no. done. <laughs> no, she thinks she wants to go out and she'll whine, and then we go outside, and then she's like, nope. This is a terrible mistake. I have made, I have made an error. We need Going to in. hide. <laughs> oh. uh, good times, good times. Um, well, last week we kind of talked about um, boundaries and boundary setting, and we went through like we we defined what are what are boundaries. When do you need them? Um, and then we went through some characteristics of effective boundaries. This week, um, we're going to continue that conversation. Um, and kind of use it as a wrap-up to our self-care series um, and go through some principles of boundary setting and then kind of wrap up with what do you do when people don't respect those boundaries? Yeah, I, I think these are some really good ground rules and just things to remember when you're trying to set boundaries in your workplace, in your relationships, just in your life in general. Yeah, these um, are things that apply kind of universally. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like we talked about, like there's so many different types of boundaries and, and we need boundaries in, in all aspects of our lives and, and mm -hmm. to be able to monitor what that looks like and, and process like, okay, like maybe I need to adjust these boundaries or maybe I need to work on different boundaries here and, and be able to pinpoint what that looks like as you go through your life. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, do we just jump in with the eight basic principles of healthy boundary setting? let's let's do it i've got my boots on let's dive right on into that <laughs> diving right on in okay so a good thing to just keep in mind as we continue through those boundaries is that good and decent people set boundaries i think this is like a myth that like harsh people or like people yeah. who are like who like have these like super guarded walls are the only people that set boundaries and and like we can set like 
unhealthy boundaries too, right? Like, like really, really high boundaries or like really, really thick boundaries that maybe aren't good. Um, but I think all in all, like we just need to remember, like you're a safe person by setting boundaries. Like you're a good person to set boundaries. Right. Um, I think this is a healthy thing to do. That's, I think the, like, because we, uh, to, to like clarify it, like, number one, a lot of these things we we're taking from other people, but like yes. specifically <laughs> when they're talking about like good and decent people, it's not about placing a value judgment. It's because, you know, when you set boundaries, like you said, people, you're safe, right? People know yeah. what to expect from you. Right. And so in that way, it's also a courtesy to them. Yeah. I love this quote. It's like, we have both a right and a duty to protect and defend ourselves. Like right. you, have a, you have a right to set these boundaries for yourself. Like you have a duty to yourself to protect yourself, to keep mm-hmm. yourself safe um, and to keep the others around you safe as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So then let's move on to number two, um, generous people set boundaries. And I think this is also like one of those like myths that like, you know, there's these harsh and mean and like people right. with like these thick boundary walls um, are the only ones that set boundaries. And in actuality, when, when you are able to set boundaries, in certain areas of your life, then you're able to give in other areas of your life. Right. Um, like this makes me think about like money. Like when you're able to set good boundaries for yourself, to set a budget, to um, to to give yourself some some maybe some stricter boundaries in some areas, you have a little bit more financial freedom in some other areas. You're able to give generously, and and then same with your time, right? Like if you're able to, you know, stick stick strict have strict boundaries for your time. Like, okay, I'm going to do all my homework on Monday nights, you know, and then, and then you have that generous time to go hang out with your friends or to go out to a party or to do something special for somebody other days of the week, because you've already done your homework. You've already gotten that work done. You've already, you know, done that thing that maybe you weren't really looking forward to um, and gotten it out of the way. Right. I think that's the one that I, I didn't really understand or it took me a long time to figure out because you know, we have this misconception that we have to just, if we want to be generous, we just have to keep giving. Yeah. Right? And the truth is, if you give everything all the time, eventually you run out and you don't give yourself that um, dedicated time to kind of replenish so that you can keep giving. Right. Um, and setting those boundaries is really just you saying, hey, number one, I don't have to give to everything mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. True. Um, And number two, if I don't allow myself to have time to replenish, then when people really need something from me or when there's something I really do care about that I want to be generous towards, you know, what if I don't have enough in me? What if I don't have enough to give in that moment? Um, You know, like for you, the example of the money, I think is helpful because, you know, if you donate all of your money constantly to everything you care about, then eventually you don't have any money. Right. You can't live. (laughs) You you run out, you can't take care of yourself and you can't give to, to those things that you do care about, um, when they do pop up. And so it's important to recognize like, Hey, there are things that are important to me, but just because something is important to me, doesn't mean I have to give of myself constantly all the time. I'm allowed to pause and replenish and then come back to it later. Like your favorite analogy, like you have to fill your bucket so that you can give your you I hate the bucket. bucket away, right? Like I hate the bucket, but it works. It does <laughs> you work. have to you have to have a full bucket in order to 
like pour into other people um and not even full necessarily just you have to have something in there yeah yeah exactly exactly you have to have enough to sustain sustain yourself but then also you know do the things you want to do give to the people that you want to give to right i think that's a big one big one big one Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so number three is boundaries allow others to grow um because it makes others conscious of their behaviors um this is allowing them to help them change and help them adjust too like someone's like oh my gosh like like I have this friend and she's an amazing third grade teacher and she does these like room changes and like these like crazy things and the other teachers are like how do you have time for that like like are like are you even a good teacher like they question like her methods of teaching because Mm -hmm. she's always like doing all these amazing things and and working so hard for her kids and it's really just because she has freaking amazing boundaries like she has like she gets up early every day and get stuff done. And like, she, she puts together, you know, she's able to like, okay, you know, at I have five minutes here. I'm going to go print off all this stuff so I can hang it in my room at four o'clock and blah, blah, blah. Like she's like, just has like everything very like planned out. And, and she's, mm-hmm. she's very conscious of her time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think other people can be jealous of that and say some hurtful things sometimes, but I also think it can push others in her building to be like, oh my gosh, well, like, well, she can do it. So right. like, I can do it too. You know, like kind of gives them like that nudge that maybe they're like, Oh, well, I, I could never be that teacher. Like someone like me or someone in my building could never be like that. And then they're like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, but Brittany's doing it. Like I can do it too. Well, and I think in that way, like in, in another way, it can also, especially in relationships, it kind of holds up a mirror to people. Mm-hmm. And when you set a boundary and then you, you stick to it and you hold people accountable, um, then it, yeah. in a way, when they violate the boundary or when they challenge the boundary right. and hold firm, it really shows them like, hey, no, we're not doing this. Like, we're not going to mess around with that or we're not going to cross this line. Like, this is where we're at. This is what we're going to stick to. And, you know, in that way, it's a learning experience for the other people too. And you, as you grow and you learn, like, you know, how close to that boundary can I get without um, crossing it kind of a thing. But for the other people too, it is a way to... Um, almost in a way teach them like and you do you can do this with kids parents do this with kids all the time um but they grow because they learn oh that boundary is there for a reason and the other person isn't going to let me violate it or they're going to hold me accountable to my behavior um and so in a way you also teach them and they grow as people when they learn that there are firm boundaries in in the world and there are certain things that um they're held accountable for yeah, I think sometimes people, you, boundaries can become this like fairy tale thing. Like they become mm-hmm. like this, like, oh, well, like, you know, that's like, that's what they say in these like better help books. There's like these mm-hmm. like how to like fix your life in four days, you know, like those kind of right. like silly books that people are like, oh, those aren't even really true. But then like when you're able to witness somebody do it or like able to see these things happen in your life or like maybe you just start with one boundary and you're like, wow, like I was able to, to keep that. And mm-hmm. then like that fosters, you know, more change and more adjustments and more, um, just confidence in yourself as you like start this journey to, to make these boundaries for yourself to, to keep right. yourself healthy in that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, number four boundaries allow you to get more of what you want and less of what you don't want. It's just one of those very yeah. simple <laughs> principles of, um, everybody's good old 
good old favorite, age old favorite behaviorism, right? When you reinforce yeah, exactly. the things you like or approve of or want more of, then you you get more of them. But when you punish or um, I guess a, a better way is you don't reinforce, right? Because we don't always want to punish things because punishment isn't always ideal. But when right. you don't reinforce things you don't want, then they disappear, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's just that principle applied to boundaries. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just like a cycle, right? Like if you're able to, to keep in the cycle, if you're able to, to get that, um, that high five, that like, you know, that, that behavior that you want, you know, you're able to lose that pound or you're able to, to avoid those toxic people or, or whatever you're trying to, to do. Um, and then it just, it just, it just continues to foster this behavior. Right. I mean, a total mm-hmm. behavior, um, behaviorism for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Number five, effective people set boundaries. I mean, again, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people who, who are going to, people who are going to continue, um, you know, waking up early, getting their journal done or whatever they're wanting to do, like, yo, wake up and, and go work out or, or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, make sure they get all their homework done before nine o'clock or whatever they're trying to set, whatever that boundary is. Um, right once you get into that groove, like those, the, those become effective, right? Like, mm-hmm. like those bound, like you, you want those boundaries and you're like, you're like, Oh my gosh, like I was, I wasn't, I wasn't stressing about my homework all weekend because I got it done Friday night. Like, right. um, and, and it feels good. Um, and it, and it just continues to foster this, this, this positive cycle. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, this one is sort of the, the culmination of the previous ones, right? Yeah. It's just basically the idea that like, Hey, when you set boundaries, you, you're able to do and be the things that you want to do and be, um, which yeah, totally makes sense. Right. When, when you are responsible and, and efficient with your time and with, um, your, your, whatever else it might be finances or mm-hmm. right. When you hold firm to, um, those things of like, yeah, every morning at 6am, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go work out. Yeah, uh, because that's something that's really important to me that I maintain my physical health in that way. Or um, I'm gonna set boundaries around like what I eat. I'm gonna try and eat healthy, right? When you you are able to consistently do these things that you say are important to you, and you hold firm to these boundaries that you set for yourself and for other people, then yeah, like ineffective obviously is a pretty relative term. Effective is whatever whatever that looks like for each person. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and that effective could be like, I didn't text him back. I didn't text this toxic person back all week. Like that's right. effective, right? Like, like that's something maybe so small mm-hmm. can be like that. That can be your, your check mark for the week. Like, oh my gosh, like I did it. And then like feeling that, okay, like then I can go a month without, without seeing that person or I can, right. you know, I can completely walk away from this toxic relationship or whatever that whatever that thing that you're trying to avoid is right um and or maybe and it's i didn't more. buy that thing on amazon or right. I open my work computer on on saturday or sunday right yeah pretty simple stuff but if you're able like you said you're able to do it once then you're in a way able to prove to yourself almost yeah, yeah i can do that it's hard i don't like it but i can do it yeah and i think like that i mean six number six number seven number eight are really just all all of those things again like number six stick to your guns right like Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta keep going like once you hold on once you find that 
effectiveness, that little like ting of like, this is where I'm headed. Um, right. We want to stick to that. And well, then and I think that goes back to the very first one, right? When you yeah. stick to it, when you hold firm to those boundaries, you set your people know what to expect from you. People know that like, oh, hey, this is what I can get or expect out of this person, right? It makes you safer. It makes um, yeah. relationships more predictable, but not in like a bad way. And just in that sense of like, hey, I know if I need something from this person, I know kind of where I'm going to get with them. Yes, exactly. And, and they, I think you earn respect from mm-hmm. people. Absolutely. That way too. Yeah. And, and number seven is practice makes perfect. And I think that I just, I, I picture this like cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And like each time that you're able to effectively do something or each time you're able to like own it and, and feel power from that, um, it's only going to fuel that, that cycle to continue and, and to be healthy and Mm-hmm. and to go the, the direction that you want and and then again like remembering that like this cycle can go negatively too <laughs> and right. recognizing and recognizing when you're maybe going backwards and being like okay like what happened how did I get here right and adjusting that from there well and understanding that like you said it goes both directions you can mm-hmm. practice but if you're practicing bad habits and bad right. boundaries then that's the thing that's going to get ingrained and yes it, it can take a lot of work to recognize, oh, I thought I was practicing really good, healthy boundary setting, but it's been four years and I still feel terrible. Why? Right. And to go yeah. back and be like, oh, okay. That boundary I thought I had set, I haven't been holding to, which goes back to like the sticking to your guns, right? Holding firm. Yeah. Or, uh, or you've created a, the, a bigger boundary than you wanted. Like, I think that right. there's, there's a balance here, right? Like if you wanted to work out more mm-hmm. and, and then now you are, working out so much that it's unhealthy, right? Like, right. like there's always that like tipping point. And I, that's why I think that it's also really important to, to recognize where that like balance is. Right. Well, and our boundaries can change or yes. our, they can be flexible, right? Which we talked about last time, right? That there's yes. some, some boundaries we apply sort of consistently all the time. Other boundaries, it's okay if they change a little bit over time, or if we, we move them for a little while, because yeah, if, if you set a really firm boundary um, and you hold it for too long, there, there are times where those kinds of boundaries can become unhealthy, right? And totally. they can end up doing more harm than good, but yes. it's important to be able to recognize that and learn from those experiences when you see it. Yeah, totally. And and number eight is is keep it up. But I think that maybe even a, a, better, a better thing would just be to to be aware, to continue mm-hmm. to be aware, um, to be, continue to be aware of the boundaries that you've already set, of the boundaries that you are trying to learn how to set better, the, the boundaries that maybe, okay, maybe I, you know, should, I know, have this space for myself this week, but then next week I might, you know, go out, like creating those flex, more flexible boundaries, like next week I'll go out with my friends instead of, you know, being by myself or, or having right. this alone time or, 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 or whatever that looks like, right? Um, or I'll go meet a new friend or, or whatever. And just being, becoming aware of, um, of what these boundaries look like in different seasons mm-hmm. of your life and different, you know, t- there's just there's so many different factors that go into this. So keeping up, keeping it up. Yes. But then also being aware of the process of boundary setting. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not the kind of thing that you just 
you hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm really good at this. Now I don't have to think about it. Right. You always want to be thinking about what your boundaries are and which ones are important, which ones you're going to hold to, which ones you can be like, like you said, this is an ongoing thing and it's important to continually be aware and learn from um, each experience you have when somebody tests your boundaries or when the boundary is challenged. Um, so next we're going to kind of pick up on um, what do you do when somebody doesn't respect your boundaries, right? We've been talking a lot about boundaries, but what do you do when somebody doesn't respect it, when they challenge it? Um, like we said, it's an ongoing process and there's not really like a, a standard, this is how you handle things when somebody violates that boundary. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you can hold firm to your own boundaries and you can have them set, but there's no way to make people respect and follow them, right? We're, we can't control other people. And so it's important to, to learn how to deal with it when somebody violates it or challenges those boundaries. Um, I think this, again, this goes back to that awareness, awareness, not only for yourself and the boundaries that you're putting in place, but then the awareness of how that's affecting the people around you. Right, right. Because you're going to set boundaries in life that people won't like, mm -hmm. right? And they're important for you, but other people may not, may not like them or may not um, respect them. Yeah. And so then what do you do in those moments? Um, and one of the first things you can do, and we've talked about this already, but is decide if the boundary is negotiable, right? Is it something that, um, you know, you can, you can accept that um, it, it's an unreasonable boundary or um, one that you're willing to change or, or negotiate, especially I think this applies in um, relationships, especially yeah. sort of like intimate relationships, um, is you do a lot of boundary negotiation, mm -hmm. right? Because you're just, you're, you're very intimate and close with that person. And so, of course, your boundaries clash constantly. Wow. And so learning whether or not that a boundary that you feel has been violated is one that can be negotiated um, or can be, again, moved. Is it flexible? Can you change it? Can you let go of it for a little while? Yeah. Um, it's important. Yeah. One of my favorite activities to do with, with like teenage girls in, in counseling is, is, is working through um, the true love date books has, has this um, activity where you go through and, like think about like the values, think about the things that you want in a future spouse that you want in a boyfriend that you want in your husband someday. Mm -hmm. And then to go through and red light, green light, or yellow light it. So like mm -hmm. you'll have like three sections and the green lights is like, this person has to have this. So a lot of like my, um, like church friends there, it's like, they have to be a believer, right? Like mm -hmm. that's like green light. I will not budge on that. Right. But then maybe a yellow light. Like I have one client and she's like, I will not date anyone with facial hair. Like she's like, she's 13. She's like, absolutely not. And so then we've like talked about like, well, you know, maybe that's a yellow light thing. Right. Cause like, maybe like you could like get over that. You know? I mean, maybe you won't want to date a 13 year old with facial hair. I'd get that. Cause that'd be a little weird. Yeah. So we've talked about like, maybe that's a yellow, right? Like we could like, you know, that we could be okay with that. Um, or we could move on from that. And then like red light would be like, you know, like disrespects his mom. Like, nope. You know, absolutely, you know, can't date someone like that. 
And right. so I think like this goes to like boundaries too with with any friend, with any relationship. Um, to be like, like I don't really feel like I want to be friends with that person who keeps me on reds for a week mm-hmm. or who um, you know, says they're gonna do something and then never shows up, or you know, right. the, those kind of things where it's like, you know, that's where my my boundary lies. And our or like I'm like a three strikes you're out kind of person or or whatever that looks like for you. Right. Um, and and kind of being able to be aware of those before getting into some of these relationships. Right, right. And I think, you know, that's especially true in, in like toxic relationships, right? And um, yes. understanding that like when we talk about boundaries being negotiable, it's if, if you flex a boundary, change a boundary or move it for a little while, right? It's also important to ask yourself the question of is the other person willing to understand why I have this boundary? Are they willing to change? Are they willing to, Yeah, uh, I'm willing to change, right? Or am I willing to change? I guess is a better way of saying it um, to understand. Cause sometimes we don't even understand why we have boundaries set, um, yeah. but to ask, Hey, does that person try to, will they understand or try to understand why I have a boundary in place? Well, are they willing to respect that? Um, you know, not just, can I change my boundaries for them, but can they respect my boundaries and why I have them there? And if the answer is no, like, no, they, they don't respect my boundaries. They don't care. They're not willing to understand or change or do anything. Then maybe that is a toxic relationship or a toxic friendship or whatever. And maybe it's important to, to recognize that um, and, and say, okay, well, then I need to be even more diligent about my boundaries and, and maybe sort of move towards some other things um, with yeah. that relationship. Yes. Um, so next, and this is one that I think I uh, personally, I wouldn't like to hear, but at the same time, that's probably just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's write down what's happening, right? Write down or record like when a boundary is violated, what's going on, right? Not just like practically or, or, or pragmatically, what is going on with like, how was the boundary violated? What was the boundary? How was it violated? All that stuff. But like, what did you do? Mm. Right? Like when that boundary was violated, how did you respond? Um, oh. in, in a way, it, it kind of helps us pick apart, like, are we as firm in holding our boundaries? Are we as consistent in holding those boundaries as we think we are? Um, if we have a boundary that's consistently being violated, are we paying attention to that? Do we recognize that? Um, are there specific people who keep violating our boundaries? Um, and sometimes just recording this stuff, writing it down, um, can help us see those things. Now, I think it's also important to say, like, we don't want to record this, uh, this information as a way to, like, start building grudges against people, right? Right. It's not meant to be a vindictive practice where, oh, like, you know, Johnny violates this boundary constantly. And so now I'm going to be mad at him, hate him for it, right? That's not what this is about. This is about trying to pick apart like, okay, Johnny's been violating this boundary, but I also recognize that I've been letting him. Mm. I haven't done anything about it. And I don't want to feel guilty or, or shameful for myself for that, but I do want to make some changes because that's an important boundary for me. Right. And and so it's meant to help us um, sort of foster change in our own boundary setting 
um, not to sort of build a, a track record or um, I don't know, something against uh, a case against another person. So we can go to them and in, in a month and say, here's all the times that you were yeah. to me, right? That's not what this is for. Yeah, this is like, I picture this as like the personal like journal. We're mm-hmm. like, I'm just good. This is my reflective time. This is my reflective space. Um, and in other places, like if you're not a writer, like go to counseling, like talk to a therapist. Like I love when my clients come in and they just like narrate for me and I'd like almost just listen, right? Yeah. And, they, and then at the end, they're like, oh, I know what I need to do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you figured that out. Yeah. Like all they, all they needed to do was talk it out and, and to narrate it for themselves. And, and I think journaling can be a really, really helpful thing that sometimes that's just not, you know, people's, you know, cup of tea. Um, but, um, and counseling is not some people's company either, but like, I think either one is, is so can be so, so useful and helpful just to hearing, hearing things out loud, seeing things on paper. Like it makes it so much more real than just being in your head and running yeah and and (laughs) sort of as the continuation one of the things and this is the next the next one but one of the things that can can come out of this is recognizing and learning to accept that some people just won't respect your boundaries yeah which sucks to hear right you don't want to coming to that realization especially if it applies to somebody you care about a lot is really difficult but Sometimes there are just those people in your life, no matter how much you try to re, re, uh, inform, or reaffirm or reinforce your boundaries, they just don't respect them. And at some point, right, as, as people, um, we have this really innate drive to, to be fixers, right? We want things to work. Um, and if something doesn't, doesn't work or we don't like it, we want to make it better, we want to change it, we want to whatever... But sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is just accept that it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think remembering in those moments that like your boundaries are worthy, like mm -hmm. your boundaries have power, like you have power, you are worthy to set boundaries. Like this is something like, like I, like we said before, like like good and decent people set boundaries. Like it's okay Mm -hmm. to like, it's, okay it's safe it's it's what it's what we need to do to protect ourselves and and we have the right and the duty to do that right right well and and i think one of the misconceptions about acceptance is that acceptance is doing nothing mm-hmm. and that's not true right acceptance in, in sort of accepting that in this case accepting that people or somebody isn't going to respect your boundaries no matter what you do in a lot of ways you're doing something and that's the starting place right? If I can say, okay, I've tried everything. They won't respect my boundaries. I have to accept that. Yeah. Now what? Right. Right. It's that way of saying, if they're not going to, to change and, and respect me, then I need to do what I have to do in order to respect myself and protect myself. Um, And, and accepting that, in a lot of ways is almost the opposite of, of sort of checking out, disengaging from them. It's saying, Hey, I see you. I recognize what's going on. I'm going to accept that that's what's happening, but I'm also not going to do nothing about it. Yeah. I'm not going to keep fighting it, but I'm, I'm not going to do nothing. Right. Um, although, although I think, you know, accepting it's like, it's like step one. Right. But I think like step one also means that there's more steps afterwards. Yeah. 
Um, and so, although I think that's a huge first step, I think that there's also, there's a path that then needs to be taken to, to keep, to keep yourself safe right? and, and to keep the other person safe too. Right. Cause like what, what's going to continue happening is, is arguments and conflict. And, mm-hmm. and if that's not going to work, then, then that's not going to be good for either, either one of you. Right. If it's, I, this, I, this is kind of a morbid metaphor, but like, I think of it as <laughs> like, if you're standing in the middle of train tracks and there's a train coming at you, it's really important in that moment that you accept that there's a train coming at you <laughs> Get, and, and that I can't change anything about what's happening with the train. Right. Yeah. I can't tell it to stop or I can't ask nicely. I can't, I can build a nice little wall, mm-hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, that train is still coming at me. I have to accept that yep. and then do something about it. Right. You can do something I can't just it. accept it and be like, okay, well there's a train and then just stand there. Right. I still haven't actually addressed the issue. And so acceptance is, again, like you said, just the first step. We have to continue on. I need to get out of the way of the train. I need to do something um, in order to change. It just means I'm not trying to change the other person anymore. I'm trying to change and do something for me now. Yes. Um, and that is not selfish. Not. No. no. That it's is taking safe. care of yourself. Takes caring for yourself. Yes. Um, the next thing that we can do, and this one's a little bit, I think tougher um, practice loving detachment, which it goes into acceptance, right? This is sort of the next step in that it's, yeah. it's moving away from trying to control or change people or situations and saying, okay, I can't change you. So I have to almost in a way, like mentally, emotionally, right. Psychologically, like, detach from that thing right um again it's that idea of like i'm going to step away outside of the train tracks right i'm going to move outside the train tracks so i'm not in the way of this anymore Mm -hmm. Um, you know when when you as a, a friend or a partner um get really harsh with me and that's a boundary that we you know is really important to me that i have this these people in my life who don't um interact harshly with me um instead of excusing it right or trying to change whatever um i'm gonna walk away right i'm gonna do something different now um to detach from this this toxic thing um because i know that at the end of the day it violates boundaries for me that are really important to me. And it's a way of caring for myself, right? I'm not going to go hang out with that person. Um, I'm not going to sit and take their advice, right? I'm not going to continue to rehash old arguments with them because yeah. it, nothing changes. Yeah. Now I, I picture like after a breakup, right? Like we want to like get rid of everything that reminds us of that person. Like, and some people like block them on like social media or block them on like texting or something. And like, Mm-hmm. You have have maybe do these like physical detachment things so that you can like prepare your emotional detachment from it too. Right. Uh, and that can be a process um, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and remembering like, you know, what do you do when you get a text from that person or what, right. you know, what do you do, you know, when you want to call them at 2am or like, you know, those, those things pop up and, and reminding yourself of like, why, why you need to detach, why, you know, what, why is this boundary so important? Um, that I have to keep the boundary there. 
Right. And I think it's important, like, detaching from them a little bit doesn't mean you don't care. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a way, right. again, of accepting what's going on, being realistic yes. about the situation and yes. taking care of yourself first. Right. Um, right. And sometimes these ba- this, this kind of thing gets really, really hard when it's with people we care about, people we love, family, friends. Um, but I always tell people, as human beings, we're far more complicated and nuanced than we want to believe we are. And I can love somebody and be detached from them a little bit yeah. as a way of self-preservation. Yeah. Right? It's really important that we learn how to navigate that because there will be people that you care deeply about in your life who are, are for whatever reason, just kind of toxic and they, they don't respect your boundaries and learning how to both love them and be a little detached from them in that way is really important. Yes. Finally, this is kind of the most extreme, extreme step you can take with people who consistently violate your boundaries, but limiting contact or going no contact, right? That's sort of the, the last response, um, the, the most extreme example, right? Obviously this kind of thing is gonna apply in very specific scenarios and it's not gonna be the go-to for a lot of people. Um, but if you think about you know, ever having somebody in your life that you knew, just interacting with them at all, seeing them, talking to them, hearing them, any kind of, of connection to them was damaging. Um, so like abusive relationships or partnerships, you know, those are things where maybe after you, you understand exactly what's going on and you've come to that place of accepting what has happened, you come to the sort of conclusion that the only way to take care of myself here is to completely cut off contact with them com- entirely, right? And that's yeah. okay right it's not it might feel harsh it might be really really difficult right because again maybe part of you really did care about that person but sometimes those relationships are far more damaging than they're worth for not just you but other people as well and the most beneficial helpful meaningful way you can handle it is to completely cut off contact Mm mm-hmm and I think, I think a good part in this that I think a lot of people forget when, when we want to cut off all contact or, or really, really put up those thick boundaries is, is try to have some type of conversation, if you can, mm-hmm. about why you're doing that. Um, yeah. I think that it can cause more conflict sometimes when we are like, well, I'm just not going to talk to that person anymore, you know, and mm-hmm. completely cut them off. Um, and then be like, and then they're like, you know, they hate me. Or, you know, like, you know, and then you kind of create more contact by like already putting that wall up without saying anything to them. Right. Um, And I do understand, like, in some situations, like, we do just need to like completely get out of the way of the train, like run the other direction, like uh, move on um, and and completely cut off all, all things. But I think in some situations, maybe in, in those situations where you're like, you know, I need to cut off some talking or I need to cut off like this communication for a period of time, Yeah. you know, like, and be able, being able to like, communicate that um and, mm-hmm. and and talk about you know maybe what does this look like when we come back together or like what does this look like um you know for the next month or so or for the next few minutes or so when I just can't talk to you right now you know mm-hmm. or, or I just need to be away from you right now right it, well and it goes back to that idea of 
setting clear boundaries mm-hmm. is makes you a safe person, right? It's yes, you know, the person yes. knows what to expect from you. And in that way, you're also kind of holding up, you're holding them accountable to their behavior. And it's possible that some, some people who are toxic have never had that happen. They've yeah. never had somebody be really firm with boundaries and hold those up to them and, and hold them accountable for what they're doing. Yeah. And they're not used to it. And so, yeah, and with those relationships where that kind of thing is possible, where you can continue engaging with them a little bit to say, hey, for, for now, I have to walk away. I'd love to talk to, with you about what's, gonna, what's sort of going on in the future. But right now, I can't do that. Um, and so, you know, I'll let you know when I'm ready to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, you're right. There are some sometimes where that's just not an option. You, you just have to walk away. You have to get out of that situation however you can and, and however quickly you can. But when it's possible to continue a dialogue with the other person, I, I think you're right. I think it is important that we continue to be in relationship with people in whatever capacity we're able to do so. Yeah. Because, it, you know, even those people who are, are toxic and who we need to walk away from because they violate our boundaries um, in really harmful ways, sometimes there's still people we care about and love. And if the only kind of relationship we can have with them is a Merry Christmas text or something, right? Or a happy birthday text, that can still be meaningful. Um, so, well, everybody, um, this, I think, kind of wraps up our, our conversation about boundaries. It kind of wraps up our conversation about self-care. Um, we'll come back um, with a new topic that has yet to be determined. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We do want to get some guests and yes. some people a part of our our podcast and, and to get you guys some really good information. So we are grateful for listeners and, and thankful for um, being able to, to talk at you. <laughs> to talk at you. Thank you for listening to our mouth sounds. Yes. Um, rate, review, subscribe on Apple podcasts, follow us on Instagram at probably therapy. If you guys have stuff you want us to talk about, send those in to yes, please let us Instagram. Know. Um, send us a message on Instagram or send us an email at probablytherapy at gmail.com. And we love you guys. Stay warm out there. Bye.